all the days of our life. Thank you, Lord. I pray for this grace to be upon every believer here today. The, that we may fellowship with your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that their hearts are transformed today. That we may know you and the power of your resurrection. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. I pray from today, Lord Jesus, that they receive this divine revelation that allows them to be the person you created them to be. Thank you. We thank you, Jesus. I pray for your grace to be upon the body today, that they are released from any mental attacks, any mental oppression, any form of bondage. If that's you, that's getting attacked mentally or emotionally, put your hand on your forehead. If there are believers here that are getting attacked mentally, that emotionally they feel unstable, put your hand on your forehead. The Bible says when two or more agree on something on earth, you'll be done in heaven. Amen. Anyone sick in their bodies, especially the stomach area, put your hand on your stomach. People that have irregular heartbeats, people that have breathing difficulties, they feel heavy-hearted or they feel like heaviness upon them, put your hands on your chest. Today we're going to seek full healing and restoration in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And Father, in Jesus' name, I command full restoration. Now, Satan has no grounds over any believer today, for we have been bought at a price by the blood of the Lamb. Satan, I command you to take your hands off every believer here, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for refreshment upon their minds and the hearts of the believers. Hallelujah. Any people have addictions here to sin or sexual sin? Believe with me. In the name of Jesus Christ, anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we pull it down. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break every pattern of the enemy. Every pattern of the enemy, we break it in them now, in Jesus' name. Every kingdom that Satan has built in their mind, their heart, or their flesh, we destroy it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of confusion, 
we break it upon their minds now in Jesus name anyone who is constantly being confused in regards to their spiritual walk we break that now in Jesus name thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah we just give this moment for the Holy Spirit to refresh the believers and to restore them thank you worship you Jesus you're the Alpha and the Omega you are the beginning and the end everything is about you Lord we worship you hallelujah to your name thank you thank you that the joy set before you you endure the cross thank you for going to the cross for each one of us because of this we are restored now amen <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, you may be seated. Thank you. <coughs> that was beautiful worship. Thank all the people um, for worshipping and ushering the presence of God. Amen. And for all the people that serve um, from week to week, I thank you personally. Because without you, I cannot freely do what I do. Thank you. I want to share something with you. First of all, how's everyone doing? Good to see you. Amen. You know, in the last probably six to seven weeks, people have been seeing Jesus walk through, well, especially while we're praying. And I want to encourage you because is Jesus in every place? No. He's attracted to where there is truth. He's attracted to where there's change. He's attracted to that principle of faith. And I'm not here to compete with any other church, but I'm telling you, when the foundation is built for you to change in your heart, then truly God's grace is on your life. Amen? So people have been seeing Jesus and I asked them a question. I said, what do you think Jesus comes? Or what do you think the, the Holy Spirit allowed you to see him? Because one person saw Jesus on the cross, then he was walking from side to side, up and down. And I said to the person, what do you think God allowed you to see that? And she said, I don't know. And I said, because God's attracted to this place. God is near all who call upon him in the truth. And if you understand this, you'll forever work towards the truth. So today is a powerful session. 
A very powerful session. So simple, yet very powerful. What attracts God? Or what attracts God and His blessings to your life? Wouldn't you want to know? Yeah? Last week, do you remember what attracted Jesus and His blessings to your life? How many people were here last week? If you want to hear, just put your hand up anyways. <coughs> so I encourage you and I share with you and I tell you, I reassure you again that every week the Holy Spirit is directing. I assure you because it's the truth. It's the heart of God. Amen. <coughs> okay. I'll have the uh, I have the microphone. So for whoever sits at the back, I will ask you sit at the back. Everyone's nervous now. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, how do you mute it? You mute it from there, because it's got low battery. When I want to turn it on, I just press that, yeah? Okay. <coughs> you okay. So last week we learned about what attracts God's blessings to the believer. And it's actually very powerful. The major foundation that we, went, we worked with last week about what attracts God to your life, what was that foundation? Character? Obedience? Love. Love. Very good. So the major foundation, what attracts God to the believer's life is love. Okay? Love is our love is God. God, apart from love, there is no such thing. God is love. And can I share something with you? To protect you. Don't be in no rush to enter the kingdom of God to operate from the kingdom. Can I, can I share why? You know, many believers today, they're in a rush to do the work of Christ. Yes? But God hasn't produced His love in them yet, according to the measure that they have given Him. God hasn't built His compassion in the believer yet. God hasn't built His mercy in the believer's heart yet. And guess what happens? You enter into the kingdom, into the work of Christ. The enemy comes and wipes you out. Are we listening? <laughs> Imagine you going to preach the gospel and God's love hasn't been produced inside of you. Think about it. Imagine you going... 
to the believers or to the lost souls and God's compassion hasn't been built inside of you. Imagine you going to do the work of Christ and God's mercy is not in you. You will, you will run out. You will run dry. You will choke. That's why so many people, they're at home offended. So many people are burnt out. So many people are un ineffective. Because this hasn't been produced in their heart yet. Are we listening? Are we listening? This is the key I share with you here. It's the major key that ushers the door for you to enter the kingdom. I don't need to tell you about the cross anymore. Most of you have accepted Christ as your Savior. We're moving to the next step now. Yes, you want this? Yeah, we don't need to hear a salvation message every single week. We are believers now. What's next for us? What's next for us? God, give me direction. What's next for us? Which area does God focus on after you get saved? It's good. You learn. What refuses you entry into the kingdom of God? Meaning to be used as his vessel for his, for his purpose and his glory. What, re what refuses you entry? You will learn today. And what's amazing about this message is that there's no boundaries and limits with God. Once you address this thing in your heart, you can move forward. Amen? It's not your destiny. So, I want you to understand something. Many people get saved. They don't sit enough in God's Word in his presence and with true reflection of how they of how they are operating truly from their heart for God to actually advance them into the kingdom because guess what happens if God's love compassion and mercy hasn't been formed inside of you you will burn yourself and you'll burn those around you are you listening are you listening? One day you share Christ, one day you want to choke them. One day you want to hurt them with your words. One day you want to curse them. One day you want to do things out of vengeance to them. That's why so many people don't advance in the kingdom. Because Christ's character hasn't been formed in them, in them yet. Are you listening? I'm teaching you how the Holy Spirit taught me. Imagine preaching the gospel and love is not the front runner of why you do things. Yeah? What, what are you doing it for? It's called self. You're doing it for yourself. That's why so many people want the glory to themselves. Because they haven't produced the true character of Christ, which is His perfect love. I shared with with people there are different 
there are different levels of God's love. There is a perfect love. The final destination of God's love is a perfect love. Paul speaks about it. John speaks about it. You know how Paul speaks about it? He says the perfect love of God remembers no wrong or no evil. So you begin to measure yourself. Well, I forgave that person, but, but I'll never forget what he done for me. Is that the true love of God? And the greatest way you can measure it is the greatest way you do life with him after that. And you hold no strings attached for what this person done. The Bible says in John that when you love, God is perfected in you. So there is a love of perfection that not many believers reach. So when I understood that there are, different, there are different levels of God's love, guess what happened? I started to address that in myself. How? I told the Lord that I don't, I'm not yet to walk in this type of love. Help me to see the believer in the same way you see them. And believe me, how I started to how I operate now are very different. So how many people want to work in the kingdom of God? How many people? You were called for this. The Bible says that God, before the foundation of the universe, created those good works for you to walk in them. How are you refused entry to walk in them is how you fail to produce the true character of Christ inside of you. How many people are in ministry now and they, they're burnt out? How many people are trying to do the will of God and they're burnt out? You know why? Because you didn't give enough value to the work that needs to take place inside of you. You didn't give enough value of what needs to happen inside of you rather than what you say and what you do with your hands or your money or whatever it is. So I want you to listen carefully because you don't need a, salva you don't need a salvation message anymore. You don't need a salvation message anymore. You need instruction to move to the next step. Yes? Okay. Now, when Jesus just received the Holy Spirit, he had the world he needed to deal with, he had the devil he needed to deal with, and he had sin that he had to deal with, or the temptations that came upon him. After that, there was the kingdom. So let me share this amazing blessing to you. We'll go to First Peter. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 12. <clears throat> Let's look at this here. Very powerful. <coughs> so who wants to know as a believer if you are in the if you are in the right path for the blessings of God to follow you? Can I, can, I, can I put it like this? You don't chase God for the blessings. 
God chases you with the blessings. <laughs> it, it's not like this. So your prayer life must change. You don't ask God to bless you. The blessings follows the one who cooperates with him. Are you understanding? Yeah. So many people. Lord Jesus, bless me. Bless me, Lord. Most of their prayer life, it's in this place. Yes? Most of the people, they invest their time in this place. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. They don't get the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit. I'm training you. I'm teaching you. How? For the blessings to chase you. And you know, just over eight years in the Lord, you, you know something that I'll tell you today, and I'll share with you, you know the greatest blessing? The greatest blessing is what? For me now. The greatest blessing for me is that my devotion is true to God. My worship, my true devotion, everything inside of me is true to God. That is the greatest blessing for me now. That is the greatest blessing for me now. You know why? Because my conscience is clear in this place. I know that I'm walking with Him. Let's look here. <clears throat> it says, finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Now look how Peter starts. Can we go back there, please? Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> the more I spend time with the Holy Spirit, the slow I read things. How they start to write and how, the, how they give you an understanding, how to enter into the blessings. Look how they, look how they begin to write. He's, Peter's closing off now with an amazing statement that allows you to get blessed by God. Look. Finally, all of you be like-minded be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Okay, these are all traits and characteristics of Jesus Christ. Next one, please. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may Inherit a blessing. What were you called to do? Inherit a blessing. God wants you to inherit a blessing. Make no mistake. Go back to the first scripture. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. That's the condition for you to enter into this blessing. Are we listening? Are we listening? Next scripture. Next one. For whoever among you would love life 
and see good days. Now look what the blessings are producing. Do you want anything other than this? Everyone here? Do you want anything other than this? You were called to live a good life, right? Yes? Whoever among you would love life and see good days must keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Now, isn't it interesting that all the blessings of God are focused around your heart? All the blessings. I thank God that I haven't missed the mark by walking with the Holy Spirit. Everything that I've been preaching from the beginning to now has been about the heart. All the blessings where God attributes himself to you and he promises for you to have a good life and to see good days, it's all focused around how you form Christ's character in your heart. Are we understanding? Are we understanding? How simple is that? How simple is it? But how hard is it when people turn against you? People do wrong by you. And people want to defame you as a person. They want to hurt you as a believer. How hard is it? That's the test. Love has an opposition. It really does. So look at all the blessings. For whoever among you would love life and see good days must keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Next one. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. That word pursue means to maintain it. Next one. Now look here. All the blessings. You know when I read the scriptures, I, I put myself in this category. God's not blessing me for a reason. I see black and white. I don't see middle grounds. I see black and white as a believer. You're either blessed by God or you're not blessed. So many people know the Lord. Not everyone's blessed by Him. I see black and white. So many people tell me, God's anointing is on you. God's blessing is on you. I know this because I'm focusing on the very things He wants me to focus on. My heart. You can never be defeated in this area. But let me tell you something you have the old nature to deal with. And it's not pleasant in this area. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. What is a righteous person? He began. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be humble. Be compassionate. That's how God sees a righteous believer. Are we understanding? <clears throat> For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. Excuse me? But doesn't, doesn't Jesus answer every prayer because he died for us on the cross? No, he doesn't. He doesn't answer every prayer. 
Sorry to bust your bubble. But he doesn't answer every prayer. He answers where there's a pure heart. Make no mistake. Yes? God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to repentance. God is not slow in keeping his promises, as some people count him slow. He wants everyone to what? Form the character of Christ in your heart. Are we understanding? Are we understanding? He wants you to form the true character of Christ in your heart. That's the, one of the major roles of why the Holy Spirit was given to a believer. Do you know that? Do you know one of the major roles of why the Holy Spirit was given to you? To form Christ inside of you. So look here. God is close to you. In this, in this room here, who wants God to be close to them? Close. I can hear you. What prayer does he really hear? The prayer of change. The prayer to become like him. All my prayer life changed when I understood this. I had such a magnifying glass. Looking deeply inside this area. I tell you the truth. Deeply. I'm addressing myself. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit in us. That he can pray through us and quicken the process. He will not leave you as orphans. Fatherless. He gave us the comforter. To do that work on his behalf. Look here. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are attentive. Meaning, he's ready to move. How many people feel like here yeah, that they're, they're, there's a barrier between them and God? How many? It's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. Why aren't I connecting with the person of the Holy Spirit in me? Because there's a reason for this. Because you're struggling to understand what needs to be formed inside of you. The character of Christ. I pray you get this. I pray you receive this in your heart. Really. Because there's nothing else. There is nothing else that can protect you. Other than God's love. God's compassion. God's mercy you will not be able to sustain your journey if these characteristics of Christ are not birthed and reigning in you. You get burnt out very quickly. You get, you get burnt out from the world and burnt out from the body. <clears throat> For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, what does it mean for a believer to do evil in the face of God? Can we go to the first scripture? 
it's to operate in the opposite of each principle. For you to do evil is to operate in each one of these in the opposite way. And you will not know truly if you are operating like this until you're faced with challenges, until you're faced with persecution, until you're faced with attacks. You will not know if these components are truly living in you, which is the old nature, until you're faced with trials. So what does God do? He lets the trials come to you. He lets them come. He lets the challenges come to you. So these things can get addressed in you. Are we listening? He lets them come. So let's have a look here. Let's have a look at the first principle or the first foundation where God begins to bless you. What's the first, what's the first principle? Sympathetic or sympathy. So let's, let's have a look at the first major principle that allows you to have the true character of Christ in you. Can I, say, can I say it like this? We are not forming the character of Christ in us so we can get blessed. That's who we are. That's our new identity. We don't do something to get blessed by God. That's who we are. I just want to establish that. We're not doing something to get something in return. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's the image of Christ inside of us. That's God's nature from inside of us. So please, don't be that believer. Do something to get something in return. It's not how we treat God. But He promises you, if, that, if you truly seek Him and you allow His character to come inside of you, the blessings will follow you. They will chase you. How many people understood, understood that, that the blessings are meant to follow you? You don't pray for God to bless you. <laughs> it's so different, eh? It's so different. The believer, the, the believer that is carnal or fleshly, he would focus on the bless, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. I command this blessing to come. I command this blessing to come. And he spends all his life Forgetting what needs to be birthed inside of him. He forgets what needs to be birthed inside of him. You know the Christian world, they say like, I receive this by faith. Yes, I claim this. Don't fool yourself. It's all about what needs to be addressed in here. Okay, so the first foundation for you to form Christ in you, what is it? Sympathetic or sympathy. What does that mean? Let's have a look. Are you enjoying this? Because God's giving direction. He's setting you up for what? To become like Him and for the blessings to follow you. 
Can you ever be defeated in this area? Can Satan ever come and find flesh there or meat there to eat when the character of Christ is inside of you? He can never. So when it says to resist the devil and he'll flee, what are you meant to form inside of you so the devil can flee? The character of Christ. Just digest on that. <clears throat> and this also is a message for you to understand how you get promoted in the kingdom. So many people are trying to force the fruits. So many people are trying to shove Christ down people's throats. It's not, it's not like this. God prepares you in the right time to feed the people that he's offered salvation to. Everything happens naturally. How many people are trying to force their way into the kingdom? You know, every day, if I tell you what I do every day and how the Lord allows me to reach people, it's a beautiful thing, but that's who I am. I've understood that now. So look, the first major principle, sympathetic. Sympathetic meaning the ability to appreciate another's condition, especially through shared experiences of pain or suffering, affectionate towards others and acting on that affection. Now look at this here. To be sympathetic means the ability to appreciate another condition, especially through shared experiences of pain or suffering. So, what is the heart of Christ? When someone is struggling and you're able to carry that pain through prayer, you're able to care with them, legitimately care that they overcome this area. So you begin to see the major principles that allowed Christ to, to touch the people. He, was, he, had a, he had a characteristic of being sympathetic, where someone's struggling and all he was worried about is releasing them from this. Do you have this in your heart? Think about it like this now. Is this operating in your heart? That when someone comes to you with a problem, you, a person being spiritual, are able to pray for them and to take them out of that place with the wisdom that God's given you. Do you have this love in your heart? Why God doesn't allow many people to operate in his kingdom and to trust souls with his life is because of this major principle. There are three major principles that I'm going to talk about today. But imagine someone suffering. God forbid. Imagine someone has cancer and they come to me and they're crying and they're in pain and they're weak and they're vulnerable. My, 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 my heart, I'm not going to say my job, my heart is to be that bridge for them to take their petitions and help them get back on track with the Lord. Can I say something now? What do you think I go on all those missions every week? To preach and help the ones that are needy, that help the ones that are broken. Is it because 
I'm a man of God? No, it's because I have the sympathy to help people. That's why. When I see someone struggling, it's like they're my friend. And I don't want them to struggle. I don't want them to suffer. I don't want them to, to see God in a different way. So I go there and I help them. And there's no one greater to help them than the Holy Spirit in you that can do this. But think about it like this. So many people are selfish. They care about the needs of themselves rather than the needs of others. <clears throat> Think about it. Why God doesn't promote people in his kingdom is because people don't have a heart of sympathy, a heart to go out of their way and to help those that are in need. But if their daughter or their son is struggling, they will run here. They will do anything they can to see their daughter or their son get out of the trouble. But the Bible says that we're a body now. We are all part of God's family now. What you do for your immediate family, you have to do something greater for God's family that is outside. You see that? Can I say it like this to you? That the same affection or the same sympathy that I have for my wife, my children, I have it for the body. I have it for the body. When someone's struggling... I include them in my prayer so God can help them. Do you see the outside world like this? Because if you did, you'll be a bridge of salvation for Christ to work through you. It's true. Someone said, what drives you to go out and to preach and to stop everything? I told them, it's this. It's this. My heart is to see people restored. Did I start like this? No. It was about me first. It was about what God can do through me. Now, it's what God needs to do for the people. Through me. I've, I've accepted. What drives the Holy Spirit to work through me? I've understood. And to be honest, yes, you, you, you are meant to pray for this, but the Holy Spirit is the one that births it inside of you. As you spend time with Him, He births it inside of you. Meaning when you spend time praying, that love, that's God's heart, is birthed inside of you. You get it? It's formed by the Holy Spirit. It's divine love. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Now I'm showing you, I'm showing you what, what allows God's blessings to come. And can I, can I just work your mind a bit? All these components naturally allows you to enter the kingdom. Naturally, you're in the kingdom when you're operating like this. You know why? 
because you have a heart to help others. And that's a kingdom-minded person or a believer. Naturally, you're in this stage. Now look here. <coughs> what is the doorway? What is the doorway for sympathy? What is the foundation of sympathy? Okay? I'll, I'll allow you to think deeply about this. Now, for a person who operates in sympathy or sympathetic towards others, meaning that when someone's in pain, you're carrying their pain. What, how does that get birthed inside of you? Look, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. So what births that in you for you to, to you for you to have a heart that is willing to carry the pain of others? It's the mercy. So can you show mercy to others if you haven't received mercy from God? Do you see in the beginning? You can't give something you haven't received. So let's say someone's easily offended. <laughs> Challenges now. Let's say, let's say someone's always offended. He's always bitter. He's always worked up so sensitive to anyone's statement, whether it's wrong or whether it hurts them. You know the issue is? They haven't received mercy yet from God. Because if you've truly received the mercy of God, which allows you to be forgiven from your filth, and from your corruption and from your sin, then you can easily give it to others when they need it. Are you understanding? You understanding? So for a person who struggles to forgive, what is he really lacking? Love or mercy? Mercy. Because mercy is, I'm going not to give him what he deserves. I'm going to give him what God has given me. You understanding? So for someone to give mercy, he has to receive mercy from God. And let me put it to you like this way. Why does someone struggle in condemnation and unworthiness? Why? Because they haven't received mercy. What does the Bible say? His mercies are new every morning. What allows you to overcome the disease of condemnation and unworthiness? The mercy of God. That when someone finds it hard to get back with God, it's not that. They are struggling to receive His mercy. They are struggling to receive what God has given them. It's a bit deep, but I hope you're getting it. So let's say someone struggles with the sin of condemnation or unworthiness or they always feel disconnected from God when they do something wrong. What's the real issue? They're struggling to receive God's mercy or they haven't yet received or understood the mercy of God. Okay. Uh, next scripture. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. So what's the doorway for God to comfort you in all your tribulations? The mercy. Can I, can I say it like this? When you face tribulation, yeah, and you face warfare, 
and you face challenges that you're in, what is the thing that's meant to, that's meant to comfort you? The mercy of God. When you know God has mercy on you for the things that you have done wrong on, on a on a on a day-to-day -day base, guess what happens? You easily receive his forgiveness. Yes? So let's say from by you going out into the world and people are constantly doing wrong by you and are doing bad by you, attacking you, and you don't have the mercy of God in you, guess what happens? you run out. You'll be bitter, you'll be dry, you'll be frustrated, and you will think that they deserve nothing. That's why I tell you, don't rush into the work of God. Because if these principles haven't been birthed in you, you'll get wiped out from the devil. So many people come to me on a weekly basis, tell me what I need to do for God. Prepare yourself, my friend. Prepare yourself. <laughs> prepare your heart because without the without that armor and that shield of God's love which produces compassion mercy sympathy you will not be able to be effective in the ministry in the work of God if I tell you the things that happened to me you will think how can you love them but you know, the beginning of my journey, I received the revelation of God's love. If God loved me in the, in the places where I was operating in hell, then he would love those who are telling me that I belong to hell. Okay. <clears throat> now look at this here. Who comfort us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now isn't that interesting? That not everyone gets comforted by God. God will use you to comfort them. We are co-labors of Christ. Isn't that interesting? That the comfort that I receive with God, I'm able to comfort many, many people. So God allows you to comfort others through the comfort that you receive from him. And you, you, know, you know, this scripture is so deep because all the suffering that I went through, you're not going to suffer, you're not going to go through that suffering. Okay, are you understanding now? All the suffering that I went through, all those years of torment from the other kingdom, all the struggles that I went to suicide, you're not going to go through them. I went through them. So I'm able to comfort you in, in, in such a greater way than you can receive your own comfort. But I can tell you the warnings and the blessings and what I've done to operate in this area. So that's what that scripture means. It doesn't mean that God's not going to come and comfort every person, but not everyone's going to go where you went or where I went. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, is that the scripture that's finished here? Yeah? Okay, next scripture. Romans 12, 14 to 21. Now, who, who, has, who, who has people here that don't like them because of Jesus Christ? Well, you're still part of the world, yeah? 
So, <laughs> so who here have people that they don't like him because the testimony of Jesus Christ? One, two, ten, twenty? Okay, okay let's, let's have a look at this scripture. This is a good one. We can't get it in the in the small. Yeah, like the other one. Okay. It's all right. Okay, let's read it here. Romans twelve, fourteen to twenty one. I chose I chose the amplified because it gives it extra extra detail. There's nothing changed from the original. Blessed those who persecute you, who cause you harm or hardship. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy. And weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Now, can I say something to you here? When someone is struggling and when someone is suffering, do you feel the need that you have to pray and help them to the end of seeing them restored? Just think about it. When someone asks you to pray, when someone asks you or they're sharing with you what they're going through, do you feel that need that you can help them and you share their grief and you share their hurt and their pain? Because that's Christ's character. I really believe this is one major component of where the fire keeps on burning inside of a believer. So look what it says here. And weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, conceited, self-important and inclusive. But associate with the humble people, those with a realistic self-view. Do not overestimate yourself. Never repay anyone evil for evil. Take thought for what is right and gracious and proper in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave the way open for God's wrath and His judicial righteousness. For it is written in Scripture, Vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome and be conquered by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I want to share something here about the burning coals. Now, I want to look to see where this comes from. Why did I say that? Okay? So let's look at here. So it was an Egyptian custom, which is a penitent person carried a bowl of burning ambers on his head to show his shame and his guilt. By analogy, being kind to an enemy may lead him to shame and repentance. So when you be kind to the enemy or the one who's coming against you, guess what you're doing? You're ushering salvation to him. You're giving him the chance to be saved. Now I have some testimonies, but I don't know which one I'm going to share with you.
And then when I first come to the Lord, you have to hear this testimony. So powerful. Now, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm going to tell you what happened, okay? <clears throat> so when I came to the Lord, this man, um, this man was out to get me, if I can say it like that. Everything that I was doing to promote the gospel and to promote Jesus' name, he was wanting to destroy that work. And he caused so much trouble in my family, in my village, and all our cultural people. He caused so much trouble. He sent, he sent messages on phones. He called people, and he said, stay away from this evil man. And, 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 and before that, and before that, the man loved me. But when I came to Christ, hell broke out. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, like, when's this going to end? When is this going to end? He's going for it. It's like every person that God's sending me to, he'll go before it and he'll prepare for them not to receive not a word from me. And I left him. And I said to the... I said to so many people from my family, they said, defend yourself. Like, say something. And I said, I don't, I don't need to say nothing. Jesus will defend me. But I meant it. But he was causing me havoc. And the people around me wanted to, like, strangle him. And I said, just leave him. It's okay. Join the rest of the queue. All the others that are doing all that. Join the rest of the queue. And believe me, I wasn't burnt out saying that. I was saying just join the rest of the queue. Like uh, there was thousands. So this man, this man got tumors. He had tumors in his head. And and I went to go and pray for him, knowing what he done and what his family done to me. Knowing. I went out of my way to to allow Christ to come to him. Are you listening? So if there was one person who, who wanted to paint the wrong picture about me, it was this man. I went out of my way in the hospital to pray for him. And he, he um, had the tumors and it was pretty intense. Now, I don't want to go too much into it, but I want to tell you what happened. <coughs> I really believe... Because of the love of God, God moved through me to touch him. His, he had a tumor, it bursted, and he lost sight in the eye. Then he had another tumor here, and they're saying, get ready to say goodbye. Get ready to say goodbye. And my mother ran to me, and she cried to me, and she said, you know, you have to pray for this man. And I ran. I ran down the stairs. Probably the second time I ever cried when I was praying. True story, word for word. I ran down the stairs, crying. And four days before that, I was in the hospital laying hands and praying on him. But he wasn't, he was in a coma. And I'm praying. And I heard a voice. I heard a voice come to me when I was praying. I, I couldn't choose the words to pray. I didn't know what to pray. When I cried, I just cried to God. It was like my tears cried. And I heard a voice, and it said he was near unto death, but God had mercy on him. 
And that was the teachings of Paul. Paul said that about a fellow Christian in the Bible. And the moment I heard that voice, he was screaming my name in the coma, in the hospital. Word for word. He was in a coma, screaming my name. They didn't tell me this. I found out through someone else because they don't want to give any value to me as a person, which is okay. I, 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 I understand that. I expect that as a, as a persecution. I understand. But he was screaming my name in the coma. In that moment, and Jesus restored him. He was meant to die. But what was the trigger? What was the trigger for the Holy Spirit to come? The unwavering love that I chose to have in my heart for the people that least accept it or least deserve it. You see? That was one of the greatest things I've seen God move. Screaming my name for 15 minutes in the coma. And why did God allow them to see that? Because that's what a true son does. A true son loves his enemies and prays for those who hurt him. Okay. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. This is another powerful one. Are we listening? Did God move for the sake of moving? Or because the love in a person's heart that's why he moved. Make no mistake, that was a test for me. What does it profit you if you love those who love you? Even the tax collectors do that. Love those who hurt you. Pray for those who persecute you. Then you can be true sons of your Father in heaven. So look here. Look at your weapon. Look at the weapon that you need to have that will allow you to face every unpleasant attack from the devil. Are we listening? Look at the weapons that we need to face every unpleasant attack from the devil. Look. Colossians 3.12 So as God's own chosen people, <clears throat> who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well beloved by God himself. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. Isn't that amazing? That this is the, the characteristics that you need to fight anything that the devil brings against you. Let's go to Psalm 69 verse 20. Now this is the opposite. This is the opposite when you don't operate in sympathy. Are we listening? This is the byproduct of op um, operating in the opposite fruit of sympathy. Look at the result. He says here, reapproach and insults have broken my heart and I am sick. 
Now, what allows, what allows people to get sick when they have a lack of sympathy? So let's say you have a hus uh, your husband or your wife or family members, they're sick. Sympathy looks to carry someone else's pain and to help them and to edify them through their words, which come from God. But look here. Reapproach and insults have broken my heart and I'm sick. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. And for comfort, uh, but I found none. So look at the door here of operating in the opposite fruit of sympathy. What follows? What follows? Insults. That's a believer who lacks in sympathy. I don't want to talk too much about this, but there is so much you can take from this. Why a person is always on the front line of insulting people and shooting them down. Isn't that interesting? You would think like, he put that word there. He put that word to diagnose the opposite of a believer who operates in the lack of sympathy. Insults are there. Insults are there, and what does it do? It makes the heart sick. Now, isn't it interesting? Let's say someone from your family have scarred you or hurt you in your upbringing, and you choose words, you choose words to insult them because of their, because of the things that they done for you. Yeah, that's a fruit and characteristic of Satan. Because if mercy has, has allowed you to receive sympathy from God, you must give it to the ones who don't deserve it as well. Are you understanding? So let's say, let's say you're lacking sympathy. How can that reflect for your life? It can come through your spouse, it can come through your family, it can come from unresolved issues that hurt you, that tainted you, that allowed you to feel like the way you're feeling now. And you can choose words to insult people and keep their heart thick. You can choose to keep these people in the same way to keep them sick. Are you understanding? What does the Bible say? The old has passed away, the new has come. You're not allowed to carry the pain of your past unless you're resolving it with the Holy Spirit. See, the moment you use, you use the pain that they caused you to justify why you're this type of person, you fall. The moment you say, you don't understand my situation, you don't know what I've been through, all you're digging for yourself is another layer of the flesh for the Holy Spirit to not come and restore you. Yeah, it's a story of many people's lives. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my parents have done for me. You don't know how they rejected me. All you're doing is creating another layer for the Holy Spirit not to come and restore you. So what do you do? What does it turn? What does pain do when Satan gets a hold of it? Lack of sympathy that allows people to insult and make the heart sick. You're supposed to be the bridge for Christ to come and restore. 
Yes, people have made mistakes. Yes, people have done things out of the out of not the love of God, but you being spiritual, you being a follower of Christ, must pave a way for Christ to come and restore. Are you listening? Why so many people why so many people's hearts are sick? Because they lack sympathy. They lack sympathy for people, which is mercy. That's why forgiveness is so much more easier for me. You know why? Because I received mercy from God for what I done. So if I received mercy from God, remember, he that loveth much, forgiveth much. Oh, sorry, he that forgiveth much, loveth much. But you begin to see the result of mercy allows you to forgive, allows you to love, and allows you to remain in one major principle of sympathy. So you as a believer, do you lack sympathy? And do you always remember the things people have done? Or you always remind in your heart what people have done? Because you truly haven't put it to bed with Christ, if that is true. It's truly not dead yet. Okay, we'll go to the next one about love. Go to First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-two to twenty-three. Now look at this here. Look how God sees that you are purifying your heart. This is so powerful. But look how God sees that you're purifying your heart by obeying the truth. Look what's produced from that. First Peter chapter 1, 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Now look, now look how God sees that you're purifying your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit. Look what's formed in you. A sincere love for the brothers and sisters and, a, and a, that you fervently love them with a pure heart. Now can I ask you a question here? Every believer here, are you able to love someone with a pure heart, not expecting anything in return? You know, this is something you have to ask yourself. Are you able to walk away after you've done something legitimately for God for their life and not expect anything in return? Even if they don't answer your call, even if they don't give you the value you want, are you able to walk away and love them from a pure heart with no with no contamination inside towards them? You know, this is the test. Because the conditional love always expects something in return. Think about it. Whatever you do from day to day, are you able to give it out of the abundance of God's heart in you? And you expect nothing in return? You'll be blessed in this area if you do. But if you always think someone owes you something and someone has to give you something in return, guess what? 
you've received it already from them, not from God. So me preaching from week to week, meeting all those people, I don't need anything from them. I'm giving it out of the abundance of my heart to them. I don't need anything in return. I don't expect anyone to give me anything. You know why? Because my devotion is towards Christ, not towards man. My love is based on what Christ done for me. It's not based on what people can do for me. You need to think about this. Because when you do enter into the kingdom, the flesh would want this. The fuller nature would want this. But you being a person that's spiritual, you're not attached to anyone's worship. <clears throat> First John chapter 3, verse 18 to 19. He says here, little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and truth, in practice and sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. By this we will know without any doubt that we are of the truth, and we will assure our hearts and quiet our conscience before him. Now these scriptures are very powerful. When you read it in context and you understand what God is trying to birth inside of you, what is he trying to birth inside of you? From reading the cover, from the old to the new, what was God interested in his believers? Becoming like him. True quality and characteristic of Christ in your heart. Nothing else matters. When you're a believer that wants to be this person, guess what happens? The blessings and the anointing is attached to you. You can never be defeated as a believer if you choose to form Christ inside of you. Now let's go to this scripture. Now this is very deep. And I'll close off. I'll close off with this one. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 9. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, where's Chris? Chris, we need an update or something. No, no, I can read it. But I've lost the crowd already. They're half asleep. <laughs> I should have just closed off. <laughs> okay, let's read it. <clears throat> Now, let's read it slowly. Oh, I'm not going to hit anyone. Else. So look here, 
for his divine power. Now stop before we keep going. Look why his divine power has been given to us. Now pay attention with this scripture here. His divine power has been bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world. Because of his disreputable desire and become sharer of the divine nature, for this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. Now can I say something to you? You begin to see here that faith is like a building. It's a development. It's not something you receive, it's something you work towards. Are we understanding? Okay. Where was I? Make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence, and in moral excellence, knowledge, insight, and understanding, and in, all, and in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, steadfastness. And in your steadfastness, godliness. And in your godliness, godliness brotherly affection. And in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love, that is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. Now every process that you go through as a believer is to form this. Isn't that interesting? That all the discipline, all the purging of God, Everything you go through for as a believer is to what? Is to seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. Well, have you ever seen it to be like this? Who had this mind in the Word of God? Jesus. Jesus looked at the interests of others rather than himself. You see how selfish the Christian world has become? Are we listening? You see how self-centeredness, self-centered the Christian world has become? And why the Holy Spirit cannot take a believer to his true destiny is because he is self-centered. Now, don't get me wrong. I see people coming here every week about their needs and their breakthroughs. I understand that. But can I say something to you? When God restores you, what are you doing for the rest of the people? All that you are going through, all that you're building towards, is to learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. Just think about that. Now this is on regards on the meaning of love. 
Now, what is the true meaning of love in the way that God sees it? It's here. Learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. So how do you break the pattern of you being selfish? How? You go out and you go see the needs of others. You go out and you see the needs of the others. Allow them to see God. Allow them to see, be restored. Help them in whatever they need. Guess what happens? God continuously puts his hand on you and shapes you with his heart. So how do you deal with that? You go out. You, you, you remove your self-centered life and you say, Lord, I want to go out and help those who are in need, who are broken, who are hurting. Allow me to, to go out there and to give them the grace that you gave me. And that's how God begins to shape your heart to be like him. Now, I'll share something with you, and I've probably shared it every week. In the, in, the, in the area of my journey, when I first began, I had a mind of the kingdom. I was going out and helping others. There was a fire. There was a great warfare coming against me, but there was a fire and zeal for the Holy Spirit. And I was giving so much comfort to the needy. I was helping so many people that were going through anxiety, depression, and they were losing their mind. And I was going out and helping so many people. And I got, and I said this only once. I said to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm giving people so much healing and restoration. But I'm in, in very need of the very thing itself. And he said to me, when you go and strengthen others, I will strengthen you. I never forget that. I was in the greatest need Wanting so much healing mentally, anxiety, depression, fear, worry. There were so many things. He said, when you go and strengthen others, I will strengthen you. And isn't that interesting what God done for me? Look at me now. A person who was going to commit suicide. A person who didn't know how to read a sentence from the Bible. God was able to do everything he could because I wanted to cooperate with him. But look, look, look of all the cooperation you do with the Holy Spirit. It, it lands here. It lands here. Learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. That is, that is Jesus himself. That's the life of Jesus on earth. You know that? That's Jesus Christ himself the ultimate level of God's love would show itself in you. That's the ultimate level of God's love. If someone wants to know that he's operating in the ultimate level of God's love, he's operating in this way. He can have so many needs, he can have so many wants, but he's going out to help others who are hurting, who are broken, who are struggling. But you can have so many worries, so many needs, so many things that God needs to answer you. Stop. I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm going to go and do what God tells me to do. That's how I was able to break the pattern of being self-centered. I'd done something about it. I went out and I preached the gospel. 
I went out and I showed people the truth. You understand? That's how you break the pattern of being self-centered. Where you can't get the spotlight off yourself. I went out and I preached the gospel. I went out and I helped the needy. Whether it's physical, spiritual, mental. I went out and God's hand was continuously on me like a fire. Why? Because I'm in the kingdom. I'm in his heart. I'm in his love. I'm in his mind. Make no mistake. What are you doing with your life? And you can say, oh, now I understand why the blessings is following this person. And to be honest, like people see so many blessings as it's physical. It's the last thing you want when the Holy Spirit's directing you. Yes, God gives you everything for your enjoyment. Yes, but it's the last thing you focus on. The greatest blessing is there's a flow and a river that you're sitting and learning with the Holy Spirit. So think about it here. All the blessings follows what? All the blessing follows what? What's the final destination for God's blessings to be like a river upon someone's life? Learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you, as you grow towards spiritual maturity. That's how God sees you spiritually maturing. They will keep you from being, what's that? Useless. They will keep you from being useless. And unproductive, excuse me, why do so many people feel useless that they can't be used by God? Why do they feel unproductive? Because they don't want to lift a finger. That's why. You don't want to lift a finger for the kingdom of God. In regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stop there. Stop there. What is the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ? Learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do the things for their benefit. Wow, that is an amazing revelation. It's simple. It's the truth. It takes the spotlight off you and it puts it on all those around you. What is the... What is the greatest true knowledge and greatest understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ? You see the ultimate level of love? You see the ultimate level of love? It's here, hidden there like a gem. For whoever lacks these qualities is short-sighted, Closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sin. So meditate on this scripture. But I just wanted to pluck out this amazing truth that all the process you go through of cooperating with God, it's leading to one thing. To look at the interests of others rather than yourself.
in this way, what does the Bible say? Carry each other's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Christ has a law to carry each other's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Now begin to think now. Where do you put yourself in this category? Why aren't the blessings of God following you? And what is the major factor for the blessings not being able to work through you? You are selfish. Selfish. That is the reason why God cannot bless you and work through you. Because a believer is self-centered and he's selfish. Now think about it. And let it reflect upon your life. You come here to receive understanding, direction of why God can't bless you. You're seeing the door now. So someone would, someone would say now, someone who didn't get this message, they will say now, Lord, send me so I can see the interests of others rather than themselves. Let me see the interests of others rather than myself. No. Lord, create love, create compassion, create mercy in me. So I'll be able after that to see the interests of others rather than myself. You see how the message can go both ways? No. Lord, create your unwavering love. Create your compassion. Create your mercy. Create your sympathy in me. Then I'll be able to go out and see the interests of others rather than myself. You see the difference? Someone would say now, and, and, and believe me, they'll pray, Lord, let me see the interests of others rather than myself. No, pray for Christ's character to enter you. Naturally, it will come. Naturally, it will come. And then what follows you? The blessings. The blessings. They will find you. You don't have to find them. They will find you. So I'm going to stop here. Lucky I didn't break the stick. <laughs> so you see the difference between reading this message, Lord, create a heart in me that I can have that I can see the interests of others and not be selfish? No. Lord, allow your love which is divine, allow your compassion that's divine, allow your mercy which is divine to enter my heart by the Holy Spirit. And then you'll be able to enter in this dimension. But all the blessings where God blesses you from, what is it about? Forming the character of Christ in your heart. So bless you all. And thanks for listening. So we are learning by the grace of God, we are learning, we are getting direction that's allowing us to be transformed. Please don't lose sight of this. Please, by the grace of God, don't lose sight of this. This will change your life if you let it. Amen? So let's pray. I won't be praying for people today. I want to feed you, feed you to understand this major principle that will change your life. In fact, in the beginning of the meeting, I already prayed for everyone. 
We thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands to the Lord. Thank him for his word. His word is a template. It is a template. And if you get a hold of this truth, you'll forever be transformed. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person here today. In the name of Jesus Christ. That they are restored and that they operate in the true characteristic of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I thank you. You said, ask the Father in my name and it shall be granted to you. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that your true inward nature, your characteristics, your attributes, your mind and your heart, through the Holy Spirit, will be manifested in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Release your power upon every person here. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command your power to be released upon every believer that they may be changed and transformed in the image of your Son, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Whoever doesn't have jobs in this place, whoever doesn't have jobs because of the circumstances that's happened in the past years, put your hand up, please. Put your hand up. I pray for you. Thank you. I'm going to pray that the Lord Jesus Christ opens that door for you. The Bible says that he opens you a door that no man can shut. And it's true that he opens you a door that no person can shut on earth. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you bless them with a financial job that they may live from day to day. Thank you. I release this blessing upon the people here that are struggling to find a job. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command every door which the enemy is blocking, I command it to be broken and shattered in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that the one who comes to you shall lack no good thing. And I pray, Lord, today for your blessings to be bestowed upon them. Open your hands, please. Open your hands. The Lord Jesus is blessing you. And I say this also for the people that don't have a job and they get a job, uh, they, get, they get offered a job, don't be picky. Okay? <laughs> so I don't say anything from my understanding. I thank you, Jesus. Whichever door opens now, be faithful, be humble, with the right attitude, and the next door will open, which is better. But step by step. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus, and I pray particular for them to get a job. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you intervene in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I'd like to thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth that you have given us. I honor you, Lord, today. For everything that you've done in this place, everything you've done in the believer's heart, I'd like to honor you today, Lord. We are today who we are because of you. And I'd like to thank you, Lord. From all my heart, I thank you for giving us this word that allows us to grow and to be nurtured by you. Thank you, Lord. We give you gratitude. We give you thanksgiving. We give you honor. We give you praise. Lord Jesus, thank you. I know your spirit, Lord. And those who worship you must worship you in the spirit and the truth. But I'd like to thank you today for all that you have done. I thank you, Lord, that you alone protects us from the evil one. I'd like to thank you for your protection, Lord. I'd like to thank you for the love that you have given each one of us. I pray more and more that your love overflows in our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. And I share something with the youth. Don't rush to be in a relationship. Don't rush to get married. Focus on growing and becoming the image of Christ. Remember, the blessings will follow you. You don't chase the blessings. The blessings will chase you if you chase Christ and his character. So for the youth, don't rush into a relationship. Don't rush to get married. Don't make it a burden. Don't make it something you suffer. Chase Christ and Christ alone and his character and the blessings will chase you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. And we give you all the glory. Hallelujah. His anointing is here. Just receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is no greater truth than to gather to know who we truly are. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that any other desire that has been in the heart other than you, I pray that you remove it today. Thank you. Anything that's trapped them, anything that's infiltrated them, anything that has taken the place of who you are in their hearts, I pray that you remove it today in Jesus' name. Any, other, any kingdom other than your kingdom, I pray that you remove it today in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God's anointing is coming on your hearts now. Burning in your belly. Any other kingdom that has tried to make a home inside of you, we pull it down today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Worship you. Holy is your name, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you.